Hello, everyone. Papa Stroh, Gorgeous Swords of Bird, Robbie Eagle, all the above. And you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And I'm going to let you guys know, and I'm going to let Jimmy across the street know that I am bore the friggity frack out, man. This, this traveling is, is for the young guys. I didn't put in my miles, man. I didn't put in my (laughs) miles, Jimmy. There used to be a saying in the wrestling business. Ah, he's a, he's a fucking 40 miler. I'm a fucking 40 miler now. Uh, <laughs> come to to understand that. I used to be a road warrior, but now I'm a 40 miler. And for those of you that don't understand what that means, it means a wrestler that uh, didn't get out of his area much, his hometown, whatnot, uh, and and hadn't put logged many miles, we'll say. So, yeah. Well, Especially a 40 miler, man. Weekend warrior kind of guy. <laughs> Something like that. I don't yeah. even like doing anything on the weekends now, man. I'm all like, oh, man, we got to do that on Sunday. Screw that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? But, so, I, but okay. I had an absolute blast. Let me say yeah. that. Uh, yeah. First of all, for the people that know, you know, Jamie was there. Is at the, the Kayfabe Cave. It's hold a, up. Hold up. Hold up. What did you just say? Uh, I said Jamie was there. Oh my God! Okay, yeah, was, so yeah. so we have four bookings, right? Four yeah. bookings. So one, one of the four. So he's doing twenty five percent so far. That's he's awesome, bat- Jamie. He's batting two fifty in baseball. It's, that's not too bad. I mean, he's he's getting near <laughs> a Hall of Fame, you know, numbers. If he gets the three hundred, I mean, that's a good yeah. batting average. But. That is a great batting average. Now, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Talk about Todd and the Kayfabe Cave. Yeah, Todd Camp owns the Kayfabe Cave in Pulaski, Tennessee. Uh, man, I cannot say enough good things about this guy. He now owns more PG-13 and Cyberpunk memorabilia. Uh, he bought my um, Cyberpunk. Uh, mask uh, because I don't have the outfit anymore and he had already bought Jamie's um, ice outfit and has it on a mannequin in the store and what it is he, he sells wrestling figures he sells all kinds of different little old school collectible type stuff it's, it's a really cool place in a you know a pretty small town so I think a lot of people come in there and it, really their only other option in their town is like Walmart to go buy a wrestling figure or something like that. Or, you know, so he, he has a, I think he's got a pretty good deal going there and there was a good turnout, man. Um, Dave Milliken showed up, mentioned you to me, uh, Jimmy. He said, your buddy, Jimmy wants me to come on the show. And he brought the, not the originals because we all, you know, we talked about that where those were one, some guy, uh, the, te- the ones that we had 16 times in Memphis. Yeah. Dave originally made those, but the yeah. ones brought are replicas, but yeah. they, I mean, obviously look just, just like them cause he made them. But, uh, so that They're was gorgeous. cool to have those for the pictures. Did and, it feel right? I mean, did it uh, feel from what you remember? Did it feel pretty yeah, perfect? It, it did. I mean, it just, it looked just like them, you know, they're and, gorgeous, uh, man. They, 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 weren't, so good. they weren't as beat up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> So that was if cool. If those belts could talk, right? If those belts, yeah, belts. right, right. <laughs> but it was very cool to have those there, and uh, uh, you know, to have Jamie there, and we had an absolute blast, man. We laughed for four hours, man, and, and awesome. I think the people that were there, 
the ones that would come in and buy stuff wouldn't leave because Jamie was, you know, he's a one man show. And then when yeah. me and him are together, I can feed him stuff and I can come back on his stuff. And it was, we, we had a good time. Yeah, man, that is I think awesome. Everybody made some money. So, hey, that's the important part, right? <laughs> you know, so obviously, if you're in the Pulaski, Tennessee area, if you're just in the state of Tennessee, make sure you go by the Kayfabe Cave. Todd seems like he's got it together. And honestly, he has great taste in tag teams. Am I right? Am I right? He he sure does, man. He loves us to death, man. And like he, he, uh, he also uh, bought for me. Um, and and I kind of didn't want to part with it, but the offer was nice. And uh, I sold him my hubcap that I painted Ric Flair on and actually used at Ric Flair's last match and had signed by Flair. So now he has it at the Kayfabe Cave. I don't know if anybody probably has enough money to buy it off him because I don't think he'd sell it. But it's signed by myself and Ric Flair now and was used on that uh, pay-per-view, which I think is extremely cool i wanted to keep it man i really did but then i got to thinking you know what am i gonna do with it this guy really appreciates it it's not like i'm selling it to some idiot that's gonna not take care of it lose it next week you know it'll go to a good home yeah that's that's the important part you know what's funny is he's already posted it on twitter and conrad who helped you get that autograph has already liked it so hey Conrad's <laughs> <laughs> like that fucking motherfucking wolfie <laughs> <laughs> but I, think, anyway. I don't know that I told Conrad that it was, hey, this is just for me, man. I'll never sell it. I don't think I said that. I hope I didn't. <laughs> if I did, no. Sorry, I mean, Conrad. I got to fix my car, bro. <laughs> dude, he's a huge collector, and he knows the game. He knows yeah. what's up. Yeah. He, he, I guarantee he's bought something from somebody that yeah. – has said no i'll never sell it and he's right. put on, he's put the hard you know sell on him and then boom it's gone but hey yeah. look you know what i mean i was thinking you were gonna will that to me but hey we'll <laughs> you know we'll figure something else out but anyway no that's cool I'm hey, glad be, gone become to a friends home. with todd maybe he will Oh, Todd will outlive us all, man. What do we say? (laughs) So anyway, good deal. And I'm so happy Jamie was there. It seemed like I watched a few videos and pictures and seemed like he was in good spirits. PG-13 back in town. You know, that's awesome, man. So did you all wrestle ever back in Pulaski back in the day? Oh, man. I've wrestled in Pulaski way back in the day. Uh, I'm pretty sure me and Jamie have together as well. But I know, yes, I've wrestled in Pulaski more than one time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It it always drew. It always drew good. That's cool, man. Well, it's a cool town and a cool place. And and I'm, man, I'm just happy because, like I said, it's one for four. Right now, we've got one down, three more to go. And And, 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 hey, let me me tell you this this is funny. Uh, So I'm on the way down there. Um, You know, we got to leave it. It was early Saturday morning uh, when we started to head down, and I got a text from Jamie. I'm like, where are you at? And he's like, I'm at the casino. Said, oh, gosh. What? I said, what? And he, I don't know which one he was at, but at any rate, then he sends me a picture. That son of a bitch won $850 and then still showed up on time to that signing. So that says a whole lot. He showed me the picture. He won $850 before he got there and could have turned the fuck back around. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> yes. You know, and you know what's funny, man, is, you know, Jamie and I have been texting back and forth. We've talked all together with another party. There are some plans going on for Jamie, maybe possibly in the future of the entertainment industry. Let's just say that. So he seems to be in a good spot. You know what I'm saying? And but I, I try after this year. I'm telling you, he said that more than once. He said, well, I, be, I believe better it. get it while you can. 2023, 30 years, PG-13. That's it. <laughs> we were taking a picture with somebody and they said, we're so glad to see y'all. I hope this ain't the last time we see you. He goes, it probably is. <laughs> I mean, he's being honest though. You know, yes. you gotta yes. love that. You gotta love that. And Hey, that is another point to this whole matter. Yeah. You may see Wolfie D after this. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. Wolfie just says, forget it. He's not a road warrior anymore, but <laughs> 40 miler. Seriously, if you're in the area for a PG-13 signing, do not miss that opportunity. I'm telling you, y'all. This yeah. is – Jamie is kind of guy that will say it and never do it again. Wolfie, yeah. you you can be talked into stuff sometimes. I can. I can. I'm persuadable. <laughs> but he, he stays up on Dundee Mountain or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah, and he's gone forever, you know. That's it, so. man. That's it. But anyway, we yeah. even had the the former mayor of Pulaski. He just, uh, I don't know if he was defeated or, you know, stepped down, whatever. But he did it for a long time. I, I from what we were talking with the guy, and in December, so he just recently the 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 mayor, whatever, and he even came down to see us. I thought that was pretty cool. So that is very cool. And you know, dude, I saw all kinds of pictures from all kinds of, you know, awesome friends of the show, great listeners. Tim mm -hmm. Fox, I saw he dropped by, I got a picture with y'all. A couple mm -hmm. other guys, Jason Tucker, I saw yeah. him get a picture. Man, it yeah. was it was cool to see all that, man. It really yeah. was. Very yeah. happy it to see it. It was a fun time, man. Yeah. But you know what, man? We've got a really cool guest today. Yeah. Let's not forget that. Let's so, let's don't forget it. <laughs> because he played a huge part in PG-13 getting over. Speaking uh, of PG-13, right? <laughs> yeah. He uh, he came in at a crucial, crucial time. We're talking about Gorgeous George III, the maestro, uh, yeah. Robbie Eagle. And uh, I can't wait to get him on the line and, and get to talking to him, man. Well, I say we shut up and let's do that. What let's do you say? shut up. Let's shut the fuck up. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's going to be a weird interview, but hopefully Stroh's talkative. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live It In Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, Go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, folks, we're back. And as promised, we've got a super cool guest, man. Somebody I haven't seen in years, in years, but played a very, very cool role in the PG-13 um, era in Memphis, man. Stepped up, did a great fucking job. Uh, I'm going to call you Gorgeous George III. Uh, <laughs> people call you Robbie Eagle. People call you The Stroh. But you're Gorgeous George to me, man. Robbie, Gorgeous George, Stroh, what the fuck's up, dude? Oh, man. That 
How you guys doing? It's, it's it's so cool hearing your voice again, Wolfie. It really is, man. It's been way too long, man. Oh man, it's been a long time, man. But what what great history we have, man. What great history we have, and uh, we're gonna get into all that. Uh, so, uh, you're living uh, in Dallas, Texas. Uh, well, for now, yeah, I'm in the transitional phase. I'm uh, back and forth between that and like the Carolinas. <laughs> So, oh, yeah. <laughs> are you are you still working? Do you do you wrestle? Uh, I well, I haven't retired yet. I just like do a bunch of other things on the side. Um, you know, acting, TV and film, commentating. Yeah. You, yeah. Pop, you right radio podcast. <laughs> you name it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got a podcast yourself, right? Yes, sir. Uh, uh, WCW Retro every Thursday night at nine on VOC Nation. Nice. Nice. Com. Yeah. Check that out. It, it's like. Pretty much we live in the old days. It's more nostalgia, you know what I mean? Welcome yeah, to us. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that is us. We we talk about uh, a lot of our listeners are Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, just the the Memphis area, and we like to talk about that kind of stuff, man. Uh, don't get too much into modern stuff just because, uh, quite frankly, it's not what I signed up for. But uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> we we had a great run, man. Uh, I want to put you over in so many ways, man, because when you came to us, man, uh, in Memphis, you know, it was a it was a shitty time for Doug. Uh, the story was that we were starting an angle with uh, Tommy and Doug, and then Eddie passed away, unfortunately. And uh, Doug had to take some time off. And you basically got thrown into the fire of uh, completing and, and help facilitate this angle that was, uh, honestly, me and Jamie's, like, first real push we had we had done the angle with the eliminators and you know kind of got us over but this angle was the one that really uh did something for us and you stepped in into a man a, a very hard position of of taking doug's place but you did it so fucking good man and I mean, the matches that we had with you and Tommy were awesome. Uh, it meant something. It worked. And uh, I, I cannot thank you enough for uh, for being there and, and being that person and, and uh, just doing it in a way that I, I'm not sure many people could have been put in that position and, and made it work like you did. No, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, brother. I mean, I was just honored to be a part of it. Um, I was I was a fan of you guys before I I even stepped in, honestly, because uh, you know, I I try to do my homework, you know, going doing anything you know beforehand, right? And uh, I was a, a fan of you guys, and just a fan of the whole territory for, for, for that matter, and just to be put in the mix uh, with you guys, and you know, feeling it for the great Doug Gilbert and. Uh, Tommy Rich, oh my God, I, I couldn't have been happier. It's like some of the best times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you, man, this is this is uh, a funny story that I tell people sometimes. Of <laughs> when you came in, uh, you, I'm not gonna say pissed off, but you fucking, you made Frank Morrell like so, like what the fuck is up with this dude? Because I cannot. I can't even count the times where, you know how you pass the guys on the road. We're all going to the 
fucking same place and all that. <laughs> It'd be <laughs> me and Randy and Frank. Frank would be driving. We'd pass you, and then you'd turn your light on. You'd wave at us, and then you'd go forward. Then you'd slow down. You'd turn your light back on. You'd wave at us again. And I can't tell how many times we would pass each other, and you just keep waving. waving. And uh, Frank, with his, he would have his dentures out, and he would say, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> what is this guy doing? And uh, we were just like, I don't know, man. He's just friendly, man. He's waving at you, Frank. And it, it, it you know how he was. An uh, uh, older wrestler gets irritated at anything, but it irritated the shit out of him. And I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, I love Frank, man. He was, he was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Very funny stuff, though, man. I'll never forget that, man. Just you turning your light on with that big smile and just waving every time we'd pass you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a sense of humor. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And I, I make, even make fun of myself quite a few times. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. But, man, what a, what a great run we had there, man. I think it was, I don't know, a couple of months that uh, you filled in and, again, what an awesome job, man! You did in that role, and and and, and as I said, I don't think people can understand that you can't just put like in a situation like that. You can't just put anybody there and hope it works. But that's what we did. We put you in there, and we hoped it worked, and it fucking worked magnificently. What a! What a I can't put you over uh, enough for what a great worker you are, too, man. I mean, your your wrestling skills are off the charts, and uh, you just filled in and fucking did it, man. It was awesome, man. I, and Because to be frank, man, we were all like – Man, what are we gonna do? And and can this guy do it? Can can what's gonna happen here? You know, and you could have honestly, um, because as I said, this was a point in me and Jamie's career where this was this was kind of a launching point for us. So it could have failed, and PG thirteen might have never been what they were had you not have done the job that you did. And I thank you for that. Oh yeah! Thank you for having me. Oh my God! I you know, even there, uh, I, I I thought you guys were really way ahead of your time. Honestly, thank you. Thank you. Thirteen, and uh, even to this day, you know, so I, I see so many people in the business emulate what you guys did before, yeah. right? So it's just. We That's talk about that quite cool. a bit. <laughs> right? not, not, I mean, it's just true. It is just true. You know, there's so much, there's so much there about their gimmick that, I mean, the biggest, one of the biggest guys in the world, John Cena, I mean, he, you know, literally is the PG 13 gimmick down to the wrapping, you know? So, it, right, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, Wolfie went viral on his show because of saying that. So <laughs> we've kind of had that out there for a minute. But anyway. <laughs> no, awesome, man. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you this, man. Before or after that happened, uh, I feel like I kind of, you know, we lost contact. That's how it works in the business. Uh, and then all of a sudden you appeared in WCW as the Stro and whatnot. What was in between that? Oh my gosh! Uh, what an adventure <laughs> that was. Um, well, I, I went to Puerto Rico oh, okay. to live with Carlos, right? 
and uh which was another learning experience too because oh my god they're, they're so old school down there i mean yeah uh the island i mean i mean they are like the the fans on there are, are diehard dare i say too diehard like like the movie right plenty of stories oh my god <laughs> and, and you know getting the debris being the only true blonde guy in the island and just yeah. like throwing stuff at spark plugs and everything and you know, you 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 like hiding underneath the baby face and going, "Yo, thank you, thank you," because they're like protecting you from the debris, right? They're throwing at you. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it was the TV so strong in there, and uh, I did like uh, ended up doing two tours down there in Puerto Rico, Carlos. Uh, and uh, I uh, I had and during during one of the times I was in Puerto Rico, I got the call right mm-hmm. from. Um, and I'm in this condo, right, with Val Venus, uh, you know, Sean Morley, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Rex King, which Rex King was always asleep somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I love Rex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> so, oh, God, me too. Uh, <laughs> but so Sean and I were watching e-television one day because I, I pick on him like, because he liked Elizabeth Berkeley at the time, right? And I, you know, I would rib him, you know, about how every lady in the world was much better, much prettier than she was. But uh, <laughs> no, you get something. You, you get, I get hot too. Like, no, stop, you know. <laughs> so, so one day we're watching TV, and he gets a call right from Randy Savage, right, Macho Man, yeah. and wanting to talk to me, right. Yeah. And, uh, and so he, he, he's like, cup on the phone. He's looking at me like wide eyed, and I'm like, well, who is it? You know. It's yeah. Randy Savage is wants to talk to you. I'm like, get out of here, right? You know, stop it. Yeah, I think it's a ribbon, ribbon, right? Yeah. Right? So I calls up and just, hey, uh, how you doing, uh, Randy? Oh, really? <laughs> 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 so it turns out now, uh, Jerry Jarrett got him to get a hold of me. And, and Hope, him and Hogan to talk to me about bringing me in, right? Mm-hmm. And so they flew me from Puerto Rico to one of the nitros there, right? Yeah. And at the time, they gave me a tryout match with, with uh, Jeff Farmer, who was the uh, NWO staying group, yeah. right? Yeah. Later on. And, and they were going to bring Lanny. They were going to work out a deal where Lanny was going to take my old, my gorgeous George day and bring me under in as uh, another persona, per se. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, <laughs> they were going to put me, they were considering putting me on Dunder in Paradise as Reverend Headlock. <laughs> a, a, a guy dressed in all white with a book in his hand and because they saw when i came in i had a bible in my hand right and they like yeah. try to put two two but I, <laughs> I just wanted to ride the boat man i didn't care if they were going to you know what they did with me on the show i just wanted to ride the, they had a cool boat at the time if you recall these for the show <laughs> and yeah. that's when it was so cool but that neither that or the landing deal transpired so i just went back to you know doing my thing and i went to mexico of Triple A with Jack Snake Roberts, mm-hmm. um, and we got the main event Triple Mania that year, and Dead of Summer. I mean, but it's like they're equivalent of WrestleMania, right? I mean, right. it was so cool. Yeah. They had a lot of pageantry. They had uh, they had a, a ballet for every wrestling gimmick <laughs> on the show, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, it, it was good learning experience, you know, with the luchadors and everything. Which I, which was the cool thing is that a lot of the guys I got to meet later on at WCW when I got in, right? So after my tour in Mexico, I did some tours, uh, matches in Texas, 
uh, hung out with Jake for a bit, and then I got the call again from Macho Man to uh, have another tryout match. And this mm-hmm. time around, it was with uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr., man. Yeah. Nice. And I, I, I could not be any happier because, you know, the Guerreros, I mean, one of the yeah. great wrestling family, you know what I mean? And, oh, God. And uh, I, I remember we all used to pray together before the matches, you know what I mean? Hector was there and everything. And, yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. We, we get in the back, right? You know, and everybody's like, all the agents, you know how these agents are, right? They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll say, everybody has a different story, right? And you don't know who to believe. <laughs> and I, I thought back to my grandpa, right? He always told me, give me advice when I was younger. He said, always know who the boss is, right? Yeah. So all these agents doing their thing. Then Eric Bischoff walks in mm-hmm. and he says, uh, great match, guys. Um, you know, child with myself and he looked at me and said, you know, we could use a good talent like you welcome aboard. And as soon as he says that, all the agents like changed their tunes, like, Oh, great match. That was awesome. You know, and all this. <laughs> and I knew right then if I had a problem, I knew who the boss was, I knew who to go to. Right. Exactly. And then you had Dallas page, you had Arnie Anderson, you had all the boys there welcome you in the company. I mean, it was just, I, I it was like winning the Super Bowl, man. It, it was a really great feeling. Very cool. Very cool. Let's rewind just a second, though, because Rob Eagle actually worked for Smoky Mountain. Am I correct? Yes, sir. (laughs) Let's talk about Smoky Mountain, man, because me and Jamie went up there. We had the, you know, Smoky Mountain versus USWA feud. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, my memory is horrible now. I don't think you were there at the time. But tell me about working for Smoky Mountain and Cornette, because I've got plenty of Cornette stories and some of them I will go to my grave with, but uh, we won't talk about that. But tell me, tell me. About <laughs> no, let, let's talk about that. Actually. No, let's don't Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, you know, they, they gave me the name. Yeah. Rob Eagle. I mean, cause they saw me in a letterman's jacket and the medals, which was a shoot. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I had some big supporters at the time, Ricky and Robert, uh, Tracy. Um, That's awesome. Uh, and it was really cool. Get it, it was, you know, Kevin Sullivan was there, and and it, it. The thing is, Kevin and I have crossed paths through the years, right? Mm-hmm. And he's always been a you know big supporter. And I, I kind of wish I I'd come to him for more advice, honestly, because he's like an encyclopedia man. He's amazing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, but like uh, yeah, man, it was such a it's cool time because you know back then, Smokey had like. It was my first big territory, actually, because I, I, I did some independence prior, but this was like the first big territory, you know, I, I got to learn from, right? And there was so many guys to learn from. Oh, my God. There was, uh, you know, some of the names I just mentioned, Dirty oh, yeah. Whiteboard, Tony Antley, oh, uh, uh, Fuller, Golden, yeah. Tennessee Stud Stable. I mean, Ronnie Garvin, Paul Orndorff. I mean, it, it was like... Smoky Mountain at that time was a liaison between WCW and WWE. They were like pulling talent, you know what I mean? Yeah. In between. So it was just a great time for it, to, for it to be there where I was at so I could learn, man. And I, I just, I learned so much. Being on a learning tree with all those uh, greats, man, was the Armstrongs. Oh my God, the Armstrongs. Yeah, absolutely, man. Really, yeah. It, it, it was an amazing, amazing time. Uh, you got to love the Armstrongs. So my, my, Probably my favorite family in wrestling, man. Loved every one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. And still talk to name drop Road Dog all the time, man. That's <laughs> uh, 
love him to death um, and, and a great family. His, his father was good to me and his brothers. And yeah, love those people, man. But Cornette could go off on a rampage. Do you have a Cornette rampage story? Oh, God. Let's see. Well, you know, he would treat the boys great, right? But yeah. man, he would—he would give that production hell. Because <laughs> I, I remember we were—we were giggling. We would put our ears in the wall in the next <laughs> room and hear Corn Cornet just just go off in production. And I remember yeah. one time he's like yelling at me, he's screaming, he's going, uh, "What do you think these things are, Tonka toys?" <laughs> 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 I just like fell out laughing, tears in my eyes. <laughs> he's a character, man. He's such a character. But what a fucking I, I mean i know people uh and i think that's his kind of his gimmick now is to make people mad at him but he is so fucking smart to the wrestling business he oh yeah i mean he's an encyclopedia first of all but then also he's just a great mind for the business and hell if i was starting a company he'd be one of the first people that i'd want to be uh on my booking committee Oh gosh, hands down. You know, he's even got like receipts from house shows from years back. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> amazing. I, I used to stay at his house when I worked for OVW. I used to stay there every Wednesday, man. And his collection of wrestling tapes and just wrestling everything is like, wow, man. <laughs> Learned pretty a lot amazing. That. <laughs> that is, yeah. So you, Mr. Eagle, <laughs> Mr. Stroh, Mr. George, you are from my neck of the woods. So you are a Mid-Atlantic kid. I am also a Mid-Atlantic kid. I grew up on the Mid-Atlantic stuff. And of course, now I've sat under the learning tree of Wolfie D and become a Memphisite, <laughs> where I now, you know, I now am torn between which is my favorite, but my childhood was always the Mid-Atlantic. And I look at the guys that brought you in, and you know, let me preface this real quick here. Wolfie D and I, like Wolfie says, we kind of jump around because that's just the way our minds are, I guess. And so if we go back a little bit further than than Smoky Mountain now, I'm just going to make it work, right? So with that being said, Nelson Royal, Gene Anderson, Ivan Koloff. Oh, my gosh. That's like the Mount Rushmore for some people. You know what I mean? Those guys were so great. I, In fact, I often go to Nelson Royal's boot store a lot just to look for boots or hats. or. And then he's got that NWA Junior title on the wall. Man, talk about those guys real quick, Stro. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what a learning experience that was. You know, and I was kayfabing. Uh, being collegiate wrestling at the time, right? Yeah. And uh, when I started, you know, everybody was had the size advantage over because I, because you know, when you collegiate wrestle, it's like training like a track star. You know, you always constant cardio. So I was like so lean at the time, but I was <laughs> keeping that, you know, separated because I, you know, that you know, if, if they found out I was trying to be a pro wrestler, they go, oh, you know, yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so much. Uh, so much knowledge, man. I remember, like, one of the first tapes I studied, because they had me watch tapes as well, uh, the training and the training. I mean, and I thought I was in shape, too, being a collegiate yeah. wrestler. But, man, oh boy, was I. Being that type of shape and pro wrestling shape is a totally different world, brother. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I remember, I remember, like, here's a funny story for you. So I've, I'm in, I'm in the ring, right? And uh, Gene Anderson, he's outside the ring. He's got like some Bojangles chicken, a Diet Pepsi, 
Oh yeah, and, and, that's the Carolinas, and, and, <laughs> right? And he's looking at wrestle kid, right? And I'm thinking, well, you know, I so he didn't. I didn't know what type of wrestling he wanted me to do, right? So I threw the most screwed up drop kick you can imagine. It was it was it was the shit. It really was. <laughs> and uh, he's like, "No, kid, wrestle." And then it, you know, the light bulb came on my head. Oh, wrestle, right? So I bow and arrow, small package, the guy that was it. And they, they, they ribbed the guy I was uh, in the ring with, right? And uh, Ken Shamrock was in there. He thought it was the funniest thing ever, right? Uh, <laughs> hold on. What did you just say? Who was in there? Uh, Ken Sham- yeah, Ken Shamrock, uh, Thompson, a few other names you probably recognize that were, that were in the mix. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and this is before he went off to do the MMA stuff, like with Japan with Pride Fighting and all that. And Grace and all that, yeah. Because yeah. he, uh, he was in a promotion at the time called South Atlantic. Okay. With Ricky okay. Steamboat and the fielders and yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I remember it was cool because I remember Johnny Weaver would stop by and say hello and Holy cool Johnny crap. Weaver. Yeah. And I, we, I was actually at the uh, the bit. Would he remember they did the scene where Baby Doll turned on Dusty and like took yes. off of the horse? Uh-huh. I was at yeah. that, that that part of Nelson World's ranch that time and <laughs> it was so kind of, that was kind of cool yeah that's very cool <laughs> we had the campfire scene with dusty and nelson were on this baby doll ran off me and took my credit card baby you know but uh yeah so but, yeah that's funny man i i did not know that about you as far as the collegiate wrestling and stuff i knew you like just working with you i knew you had skills as far as uh very technical and and all that kind of stuff and and i actually i wrestled in high school uh like a year and a half before because i got in the business when i was 15 so i quit school right. quit wrestling and all that kind of stuff so i just want to say thank you for not stretching me man <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I, trust me. that's all right bro i i found it was the work what you know it working's a lot better than <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> I've got stories, man, of people that uh, uh, one or two different people that, you know, knew I wrestled in high school and would try to test me in the ring and stuff like that. It didn't work out well for him, but I'm afraid that you probably would have got me. (laughs) (laughs) I I totally get it because, you know, they're for for the longest time. Yeah, I would get advice. Uh, One of the guys would get advice from was the legendary Lutez. Yeah. Like I would call call him, literally call him and ask for advice when I first Holy started crap. business. That's and, the dude, uh, man. That's the dude right there. <laughs> there was a time where I was very protective of myself because uh, certain guys try to take liberties, yeah. and I, w- I would have to give them a reality check, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and and it was just being protective, you know. When did, I wasn't trying to be a you know a prick or anything. It was just trying yeah. to be protective because you didn't know who was out for your best interests or not in the business, right? Right. right. And um, believe it or not, um, the guy, one guy I have to thank for letting me know there's there's actually boys out there that want to work and want to <laughs> help better yourself was uh, Bobby Blaze. Oh, yeah. Bobby, okay. Yeah. But yeah. Bobby Blaze was a big help in that. And, uh, you know, he came, you know, he was trained by Malenko, too. So, yeah. I mean, he, he got it. He understood, you know what I mean? You know that yeah. mentality that I had at the time. So, yeah, it it was it was a big help and kind of you know let me know, hey, you know, there's those so, of us too that so just want to work. Possibly, <laughs> you you could have gotten the business uh, uh, 
earlier, if you had you been born earlier, just hypothetical, you could have been what they used to call a policeman. Yes. Yes. Um, it's true. I mean, it, was, it was a funny story, actually. Uh, one time we were, I'm, in, I'm at the uh, club area after the show, right? And I, I just got clocked in the head with the Blues Brothers with a chair, which they apologized later. Ron and Don. <laughs> Ron and Don, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, and uh, Brian, Brian Lee stuck up for me, right? He said, man, what'd you try to hurt my boy for, right? He said, oh, man, I'm sorry. But it was total accident, right? But I had a big old goose egg on my head. I had a beer bottle. I wasn't drinking it. I was putting it on my head, so. <laughs> like I suit me. And I saw this guy, this gang trying to start a, a, a fight with some, you know, some of the boys. Yeah. That night, and I'm sitting. There, I'm trying to rest, man, but at the bar. But I'm watching. I'm watching this about to go down. I'm like, oh, screw it, right? Yeah. So I walk. I walk over there. I, I get right in between them, right? And then I looked at that gang and said, "If you're going to fight, someone fight me, because I just don't care. <laughs> I got a good thing. I'm hurt. Whatever. Just add another notch on the list, right?" And I got, I got in this amateur wrestling stance, like I'm ready to go, right? And, <laughs> and it was just that night, you know, they always took me wherever they went because uh, they knew I'd look out for everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, yeah. Hey, I mean, that's a thing to be said. Were you there the night? Um, and, and I wasn't. I've just heard the stories. And obviously, Brian Lee was one of my tag team partners in TNA and worked with uh, Ron and Don numerous times. You don't want to fuck with any one of those three. So that's something mm-hmm. to say that those three would like to have you with them. Yeah, seriously. Oh, yeah, yeah well, that's how we all bonded. You know what I mean? It was, it was good times ever since. <laughs> Wolfie, you said something just a minute ago. Explain what a policeman means. A policeman was the guy that the the promoter, uh, if if they had a problem with somebody or needed to have gotcha. an attitude adjustment, the uh, uh, they had a policeman usually that would uh, go out there and stretch you and, and adjust your attitude. Would you say? Was- that like George Weingroff maybe would have been a policeman. Uh, George George could have been a good policeman. Yes, <laughs> okay. absolutely. Uh, it was a funny story for you as far as that goes. Uh, there was one time I think it was in Virginia somewhere. I'm I'm thinking I'm not sure, but there was this guy that was doing the whole Ultimate Warrior thing. He really thought he was uh, Hellwick and oh just, would just go off, and he was giving some of the boys a hard time. So they put me with him, right? Yeah, and. Um, so, but, you know, I give everybody in the ring a benefit doubt and we'll see what they can do, right? right. So, I'm in there and, and this guy, he was all right in the beginning. Then he starts in the middle of the match flipping out. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> and then that's when I, I kind of winked at the referee because the you know, referee was smart. I mean, he was up, right? Yeah. So, uh, I just snatched the guy and just did a release German suplex and knocked him out. And, <laughs> and, and, and everybody like Cornette and boys in the, in, in the back, you hear him cheering, right? <laughs> and, and, he, he, and, and, you know, the referee ringed the match off and, you know, and, and I remember I had, I, I sit, you know, how you sit the guy up and smack him, you know, revive yeah. him and that type of, so I'm, I'm trying to come to, he's coming to, right? And he, he literally looks at the referee and says, uh, what happened? <laughs> and the, referee, the match is over. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so listen, I lost my train of thought a minute ago. I was going somewhere with something, and I I do that. Okay, uh, but okay. So there was a night that I've heard of many times in Smoky Mountain, where I guess there was a, a high school football team or something that tried to fight maybe Ron and Don, and I just remember the stories of them just <laughs> going through the crowd and just kicking the shit out of everybody were you there do you know anything about that oh oh my god yeah i, I don't know if i was that particular show but i did hear about it because mm-hmm. uh I, I, don't, I don't know if it was probably a, one or two shows after yeah i was probably on that i heard about oh but man yeah yeah that was like the talk of the whole locker room <laughs> yeah. and I, man, you know what's funny man is i i used to love working with them a lot of people you know didn't or whatever but you know Ronnie was one way. Donnie was the party guy. And, and, and I got along with both of them. Uh, just saw Ronnie actually at Ric Flair's last match because um, he runs the uh, the uh, municipal auditorium now. But anyway, uh, Donnie used to come and, and, and Ronnie, too. They'd come tell me. They'd be like, man. I love working with you, man. And I'm like, really? Why? He's like, because you're fucking not scared to hit us. He said, everybody's scared to hit us, and you're not. You fucking lay it in. <laughs> yeah. And that was like yeah. the biggest compliment. I'm like, well, fuck you. You know, I didn't say this, but I'm thinking, well, fuck, you're going to hit me, so I'm in you back, motherfucker. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're great. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here, and if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. Was the gorgeous George, was that really? Now, okay, when I do my research, inadvertently, I always end up looking at Wikipedia. And obviously, Wikipedia is like 50-50 on correctness. You know what I mean? So is gorgeous George a shoot great uncle for you? Yeah, yes. And it the Here's a story in itself. Uh, I didn't find out till later on when I started in business that I was related to him. Wow. And, but uh, I had people, like I had Dusty, Dusty Rhodes, uh, William Regal, literally come to me and said that my style would remind him a lot of Gordon George, right? And then it just snowballed, all these different people coming at me like this. And so I went to my grandpa one day and I told him, I said, I told him the situation. I was like, you know, all these people saying, I'm not reminding my Gordon stories. What, what do you think's going on here? And he just looks at me, right? And he says, you didn't know. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, didn't know what, Grandpa? Didn't <laughs> and he, smart, he smartens me up, right? That him, he was my, my granduncle, and they were amateur boxing buddies back in the day before he broke into business, right? Wow. So, I mean, this floored me, and that's what inspired me to 
can do more research and just, you know, use the name Gorgeous George the Third at the time yeah. and honor retrospect of him, you know. And, yeah. And yeah. It, it, everything just fell into place, you know. Yeah. Have you learned anything about him as you've gone on knowing that now? Is there anything interesting? Because, I mean, dude, I hate to say it, but he's one of those. I mean, if you drew up a legendary all-time name, uh, you know, you would probably have George, Thez, Hogan, maybe Flair, you know, that kind of thing as far as all-time names of, of you know, that will live forever in 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 infamy or in in history i'm trying to say gorgeous george have you learned anything interesting about him that you could share with us that maybe not the normal listener would know about him oh my god i you know more I, I dived into his history it was just like you know it's because of him that he, pro wrestling's on the tv map yeah i mean he, okay. he he was the first guy to transcend from wrestling to hollywood right at, right it led to that era and 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 to meet like like, like people like Muhammad Ali and then uh, James Brown, who I did the pay per view with in WCW, would tell me stories about Gordon George and everything. And it was just uh, it's just surreal how many people that he has affected over the years, you know, that inspired and all that. Not just wrestling, but you know, beyond that, in sports right. and entertainment and everything. So I mean, it's just. Uh, the more and more I knew, knew about the guy, I was like, man, this, it's incredible. And, you know, I mean, there can never be an, I, I mean, there's only one gorgeous George of, the, of that time, right? But right. Uh, it, inspire, it would inspire you to be a translator and to, like, be, be a, a difference maker like he was, you know what I mean? Oh, totally. I mean, because you had most guys out there, they were in their shooter boots and woolies, and that was it. No knee pads, no anything else, no wrist tape or yeah. anything like that. But then you had Gorgeous George with a valet and with a robe and with the atomizer. I mean, just so original, literally stood out. I would almost say was the first superstar, wouldn't you say, of pro wrestling? I mean, as far as that goes, I mean, I know you could go back to Gotch and, and Hackenschmidt and all that, but what I mean is right. like the guy that really made a, a gimmick, I guess, you know? Pretty much so, because the other, the other guys you mentioned, I mean, they were great in their own right, right? But, right, I mean, of course. As far as, 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 far as uh, the flamboyancy and the camaraderie and the pageantry, you know, I, you know Gordon Stewart's definitely be the OG, if you will. Yeah, the OG. Yeah, exactly. And to know that you were related, that's just a trip, dude, because then you end up working that gimmick. And I mean, to me, that's because you look like him when you're in that. I mean, I can see him in that look of you because, I mean, the first time I ever saw you wrestle, you were Robbie Eagle and it was in Smoky Mountain. That's the first time I got to see Jeff Daniels and Chris Michaels and so many other guys is because I was that mid-Atlantic kid that when NWA Jim Crockett went away, obviously I'm still looking for that old school smoky high school gymnasium wrestling and that was what smoky mountain filled for us because that was what we loved and you know obviously wcw i saw you work sting on a saturday night or two here and there but robbie eagle i remember you then you're working this gorgeous george how did you go in your mind how did you go from robbie eagle to gorgeous george how did that work mentally for you well you, you know um the one the the late um, Moondog spot you know, Larry, right? Yeah, yeah. He was he was the guy that broke the ice, you know, with uh, Lawler, 
and uh, Dundee, Regal, and, and myself. You bring me in from Memphis, right? He was the guy that kind of started it all. Guys, and he told me he was going to do it, right? Yeah. And uh, and I'm a I'm a, always been a firm believer of well, I, I was told a long time ago if you're going to go into something, you got to go into something full throttle, you know, no no half assing it. I mean, you 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 got to like become the deal, right? I mean, it's it's like yeah. uh, so. I mean, I, I went both feet in, did my research, and um, I remember <laughs> there were times that. Um, Jake Roberts uh, said this. Uh, one of my good friends to this day says this, right? When he first met me, right, as Gordon Swords, right? I was having people doing stuff for me, right? Carry my bags and do stuff and, like, give me chairs and all this. And, and, and at first he's like, man, what an arrogant prick. <laughs> then, he got to, then he got to think, he's like, man, this guy's working me. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I, I gotta say this, um, Wolfie. You remember that the time they they actually when they were getting started with the Smoky Mountain Wrestling USWA feud, right? Yeah. At the time, and we were involved. We were in a, in the uh, a tag match on TV, right? Yeah. It was a Patsanaka, yeah. and 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 uh, well, they were. They were going. They were doing this thing where the Smoky Mountain guys came in and bum rushed this match, right? Right. And, I, and I'm I'm looking at all this at the time. It was like I'll cover price because I wasn't really what, not sure. I was, you know, what we to do on here, right? <laughs> but I got to think. But I got to thinking. Well, hell, I used to be a Smoky Mountain wrestling guy. So I, this is I'll just fit yeah. right in, right? Yeah. So I, I but I guess yeah. I mean that was a total on the fly deal, you know, that was because I mean, I just, <laughs> you know, when, they, when Robert came in, Hildebrand and everybody else. Oh my God. Those are yeah. fun times, man. Those are absolutely yeah. fun times. great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Let's go back uh, again. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Ivan Koloff. Tell me about training with him. Oh man, he was amazing. And you know, one of the, I, I wish more people could have known this side of Ivan, he was like one of the nicest guys. Ever I've always business. heard that, and unfortunately, I never met him, never got to work with him or anything. And I'm, you know, I hate that, but I, I watched him as a kid. But uh, just what what kind of trainer was he? Was he, you know, you, you hear about people that got trained by Tojo and shit, and Tojo would beat you with the fucking kendo stick and blah. <laughs> yeah. What, <laughs> what kind of trainer was was Ivan? Oh yeah, uh, I, Ivan was great. I mean, very old school. Uh, big on the fundamentals, and uh, I mean, he was just, and he would take time to show things to you, and, and very supportive. I mean, and uh, but it, it was one of those guys who like bring out the best in you, and he, even to the day that he he retired, I mean, he was a machine, man. He was still taking slams with the top rope and just yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'll give you an example, one a story, one time with um, Road Dog had a match with him a while back, right? And uh, and he was looking forward to, you know, being in the ring with Ivan, right? And yeah. uh, <laughs> he, uh, they, they, they had a great match, right? And uh, after the match, I mean, Rodo come back and said, man, that old man blew me up. I didn't really get <laughs> that much endurance. Because <laughs> I, I was trying to tell him, you know, before, and I, I didn't go, man, but... 
<laughs> but yeah, what a great guy. And I just, uh, you know, I just, I, you would have lo- loved Ivan, man. And I just, uh, I just wish, you know, everybody known, known him for that raspy voice, scary, intimidating voice yeah. they had. And, but if, if more people knew that other side of Ivan, man, I, I think he'd be even bigger than he is, is now. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And and then let's jump back forward because I call it in the ring and I'll jump around uh, <laughs> whenever it feels right. So where did where did the maestro thing come from? Whose idea was this and, and how did that happen? Okay. Um <laughs> well for 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 a year now, I've been gorgeous George with WCW, right? Yeah. TV tapings down in Orlando and all that stuff, right? Yeah, right. Now, all of a sudden, Macho Man wants to give his new valet the gorgeous story side. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. I remember Which, that. Wow. I was just as perplexed as everybody else was at the time. So, <laughs> I bet you were. What, so, once again, knowing who the boss was, <laughs> right. I called I called Eric Bischoff and we had him he set up a meeting there in Atlanta. And uh we, we got to hash out a few things because I still wanted to make things right with the company, you know, because they all signed and yeah and everything else. So uh so we get together and um they got wind of my the- I used to be in theater before I got into wrestling, right? Uh-huh. So I was in Macbeth. Shakespeare, Hamlet. I was in, uh, you know, the Cats and Broadway thing at the time too. Nice. And, okay. There you go. And, and, it, and, it all makes sense now. It does. So, yeah. So um, it kind of put everything together, and the maestro was born. And matter of fact, Dusty, you know, he, another guy was been supportive, you know, like Kevin, like you know, he was all for it, and. Uh, which with Maestro was more or less, it had similarities to the Gorgeous George persona. Yeah. yeah. More or less. So it wasn't far fetched from what I was doing before. So I just, my vision in the Maestro uh, didn't really come out till later on in its run, where I envisioned the Maestro being more of a fan of the opera type. You know, had like right. a oh, dark, yeah. dark side. Phantom of the Opera. Fan, yeah. fan of the oh, Opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which had. It had a darker side to him, like if a certain thing would set him off, you know what I mean? That would have been and great. In my case, been bad music, and which yeah. it, it came out later on during my WCW run with Ernest the Cat Miller and Buff Bagwell and all that in my latter days. But um, but yeah, I mean, and and in, and in turn, you know, I, I, I had a decent decent run, Maestro. I mean, it was like uh, Chris Jericho. And, we're, we're all taking tricks to see who could make our gimmicks the, the goofiest, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and 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 our our thought process was the more outlandish we can make our char- personas, if you will. I hate using the word characters, by the way, because we yeah. you know, we live what we do. We live what we do, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but like the more outlandish we make our personas, the the more they couldn't kill us off. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be afraid we're making anything entertaining, right? So right. <laughs> makes sense. You know, I gotta say this real quick since we're talking about the maestro. Recently we had Ryan von Rocket on. Are you familiar with him, Stro? Oh, that, that sounds familiar. 
He's in OVW. He's Ryan Howe. He's a shoot guitar player, actually a really a shredder. He comes out. Mm-hmm. He was on Tough Enough Season 5. And so I go down the list ah. of all the musical characters. I say like Van Hammer, Jeff Jarrett, Honky Tonk Man, Maestro, you know, Man Mountain Rock, you know, the Rick Boogs. And he said, I've got to go with Maestro. So he voted you. He's one of the most, you know, active rock and roll musical gimmicks going these days and he voted you number one maestro so there you oh, go Oh, that's great oh thank you that's, that's <laughs> awesome. i wish him all the best <laughs> yeah yeah ryan's awesome big fan of him so so you, you've got the acting gigs going now let me ask you this have you ever been told that you look like rugger hauer <laughs> that's the first but i'll take it Dude. i, I was a, i'm a huge rugger hauer fan yeah, who isn't, right, Blade Runner? I mean, come on. But the the guy, you look so much like him in my mind, man. It's like I was looking at photos to put promo images together for the episode, and I'm like, this dude looks like Rudger Hauer. I never picked up on that. And I'm sorry. Anyway, I hope that's a compliment to you, brother. So. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Talk that's about a, your a, acting gigs. You. Yeah, you're welcome. Talk about your acting gigs. I'm, I'm excited to hear about this. What you, just, cool. you just... <sighs> It's like wrestling and um, theater helped me tremendously with with the acting. There's so many similarities. Like, for example, for a match, you use little things to make a match better. And the same thing we do in scenes in a film. I mean, they're so stickler and little things to make uh, every scene be bigger than you know, bigger than before, right? And just like we do in matches, right? It's it's all storytelling. Right. And it's just amazing to me how much, I mean, of course there's some differences, you know, we, when there's a, you know, we, we can cut from a scene where in the match, you know, the show must go on, right? <laughs> just like theater, right? Yeah. It's the same way. Right. So, but, but the same token, there's so many similarities, man. And it's all part of storytelling. And it's amazing how things are so like, no matter how different they are, they're so intertwined and, you know, and, you know, it's like, I, 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 I tell people, you know, being, being in pro wrestling, you know, you learn so much about life oh, yeah. and, and art and everything else. And, you know, this is art imitates life, life imitates art. And it's all intertwined for the same, And that's the same way in the film world, you know, yeah. it's just like, you know, when people, some people complain about winning and losing and all that, I mean, when you go to the film, you know, you don't have to complain about a part because you die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you make, you make the best of that scene. Right. You know, and, 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 and people that, you know, have great deaths, they end up becoming great actors. Just like, uh, for example, I'll give you Mick Foley, for example, some of the greatest matches he's had, he's lost. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's, it's all intertwined. It just amazes me how wrestling, and and uh, the entertainment world of are, are just it's just so entrenched in each other, man. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. And, and I've always said this too, man. And I'm sure you can relate. You know, it's like if you tell people, uh, you know, I was a pro wrestler or I am a pro wrestler or whatever, they their eyes light up and they want to ask questions and stuff like. Like, I feel like, and I've said this a hundred times, I could say to somebody, yeah, uh, I, I used to be an astronaut. And they'd be like, oh, cool. But you say, I'm a professional wrestler. What? 
whoa, wait. And then this whole conversation. <laughs> like, <laughs> something that people just don't, uh, I guess, see every day or something. I don't know. It's, it's like one of the coolest things to even people that aren't really fans. They, they, they want to know about it. Right. And, and, and that's how, that's how powerful wrestling is. Man. And it really is. Absolutely. Yeah, that is absolutely cool. Yeah, I I was just looking down your list there. You've kind of played all kinds of parts. I saw you were on Sleepy Hollow. That's pretty cool, man. You know, and oh yeah, so, you know, it's, we've been trying to work out ways for you know Wolfie. Of course, PG thirteen didn't get to be on the Young Rock. You know, they missed an opportunity there with the Young Rock getting PG thirteen involved there. But we're gonna get Wolfie on as a superhero somehow. We're we're trying to work on that <laughs> since all the other OVW guys are superheroes now. We need Wolfie D in a Marvel movie. You know, so yeah. <laughs> Have your people talk to his people. <laughs> right, right. I definitely definitely want to see Wolfie D. I, I almost movie. got on. Uh, uh, Luke Hawks had me a spot on Heels and cool. Budget Cuts or something right at the end. God, I got canceled, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool, actually. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, really, because, I mean, because uh, I, I just, uh, I know the... Uh, I met. I got to see Sergeant Slaughter again not too long ago, and he was telling me about he's had to deal with the, that Young Rock thing. Yeah, so yeah. It's really cool to see PG thirteen. That would be amazing. Yeah, they they had a Memphis, you know, a few Memphis episodes when they would have been there, and it just kind of felt like they they were missing. There was well, like I'm telling you why it's because uh, I know I yeah. know for a fact that he don't like Jamie. <laughs> Me and him also had a little uh, altercation one time, and it was nothing big. But it, hey, he fucking replaced Shawn Michaels with a black dude. So what? Is right. That? Yeah. So. So he, he doesn't yeah. hold grudges. Yeah, he does hold grudges. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't play around when it comes to that. So for sure. So. So let me ask you this real quick. Did you did you know a guy named Ken Steele from Virginia? Who's a wrestler? Kenny Pat. Uh, that, that sounds familiar. I'm yeah, trying to he, place the face of the name there. <laughs> yeah, he he was a big guy, but he he brought me into the business. That's I was just gonna mm -hmm. see if he was trained by a guy named Eclipso and that. Oh, Eclipso. Okay, yeah, okay. Oops, yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah, he was from that area, Floyd, Virginia area, and and Ken Steele was his name. But anyway, he, he Ken passed. Steele. Okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway, he brought me in, but he actually passed away a couple of years ago. And but he always spoke so highly of you. He was like Rob's good guy, you know. Yeah, I yeah. did. I did some NWA Mountain State shows with him. Okay, very cool. Yeah, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, yeah. Yeah, they're all kind of around that boogie wrestling academy guys up there, you know. So it's even oh, though man. they're not directly related, but it was really cool to meet Jimmy Valiant and Boris Zukov at the same time and oh, get to talk wow. to all those dudes. I'm I'm sure you know both of them well. So Yeah. Oh, Jimmy's great, man. I, I went to a school one time, they uh they did a tribute to me. Yeah. I mean did, and uh it school is amazing. Oh, Isn't it cool? It's it's like a Hall of Fame in itself. I mean, you know, so mm -hmm. he, He's Jimmy's awesome because Jimmy's one of those guys that you just like, holy crap, this dude is so legendary. You know what I mean? He's just like Ivan, like Gene, like, you know, all those guys. It's just it's so legendary to even think about. And then he's just this guy standing right there. And you're just like, this dude's been everywhere, you know, so, all, all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling so, into Memphis TWA. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a classic. Oh man. It is. <laughs> it is. Because he did that. I mean, honestly, the Memphis character, Jimmy, was so much cooler than Boogie Woogie because Boogie was kind of like a comedy entertain the kids. Handsome Jimmy was just like a totally different dude, man. And it was like a biker, I mean, rock star kind of thing, you know. And and then he comes to Boogie and I get it, man. He changed his gimmick and it worked. But it was like. I wished I would have seen handsome a little more, you know. <laughs> and I know, I know you remember uh, Super Mario that ran around with with Jimmy back in the day. Oh yeah! Oh my Ooh. goodness! Man. I, that was the first time I ever got to work Jimmy, but it was a tag match, obviously. And Mario was his problem, or his part, his <laughs> his Freudian <laughs> slip, partner problem, whatever. <laughs> Jamie's been my problem for years, but anyway, um, so funny. But yeah, I just remember Super Mario, and man, what a what a character he is! And you know, not the greatest worker in the world, but he would shoot. He'd say, "I, I give you the belly, the belly, and then the whoop de whoop, and the whoop de whoop was he'd spank you." <laughs> oh God, yeah, I, I remember I had to match with him in Louisville Gardens when they had the Legends yeah. show. Yeah, and uh, oh man, uh, and the. Oh, gosh. Yeah, your style <laughs> and his are a little bit different. Yeah. Very much so. I mean, I, I remember clo- <laughs> I remember clotheslining him, right? Yeah. And and all I saw was I his feet just like, in, I don't know, his, his body when he hit, it's like his, his feet disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> the belly, belly, then the whoop de whoop. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious he had, he had a cool uh, Italian restaurant though you remember that I do remember that I've never eaten there or anything but I'd always heard about it right yeah uh, is he still I living called, well, I, I believe so okay. I believe I haven't heard anything otherwise yeah yeah, he was a character, man. Definitely, for sure. <laughs> I saw him on one of Jimmy's shows in Virginia, and he there was a match. And the most, the biggest thing that I remember about it was Jimmy Valiant had gotten a tattoo on his forehead, <laughs> yeah. and and that had kind of he changed his look a little. And then Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham wrestled in the main event, and the top rope broke, and all you could hear was Barry and Dustin cussing about everything it was just like they were so angry because if you think about it what are those guys like six six easy like six seven six so they're throwing each other and trying to bounce off the second it was just yeah they everything was modified yeah but anyway that's when i the the only time i've ever seen the super mario guy there so anyway that is hilarious hey man um it has been awesome catching up with you man can you tell the people what do you got on social media? What do you got going on? Here's your time, man. Plug away. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, my official website is thestro.com, T-H-E-S-T-R-O.com. Um, on Facebook, at Stro the Maestro. Twitter, at Sign the Stro. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Stro Maestro. Um, I got uh, a new seri- horror sci-fi comedy series out on Amazon Prime Video now. Called Stro Sinister Cinema, which it's you can check what? out. Stro Sinister Cinema, and each letter starts with an S. Okay, <laughs> nice, nice. And you, it's on Amazon Prime. Now you can check it out. 
Yeah, all the time. Okay. I find a a lot of hidden gems on Prime. (laughs) And with um, also also I have uh, I'm also in the uh, drama on the Amazon Prime called Son of Clowns. Okay. As well, and I have a spy series coming out, which you can see excerpts of it on YouTube called Hybrid. Okay. Uh, that's that's coming up soon. Um, and I, I've, I'm also played Doctor Arkham in a uh, DC Phantom called The Devil's Daughter Harlequin Story. Oh, Where dude, that's can, awesome! You can watch right, that well, on, I'm gonna be on YouTube. A phone call from you. Uh, <laughs> get me. <in. laughs> yeah, I think and, you might uh, make a good bane. Let's let's get Wolfie as bane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Yeah, and, and it's got all the Batman characters in it. It's got Batman. Scarecrow, uh, Joker, Poison Ivy, you know, and, that, and of course I play Dr. Arkham and runs the asylum. Definitely. I'm excited to see that for sure. You can, you, you can watch that on YouTube for free. Oh, excellent. Okay. Well, hey, I like yeah. free too. <laughs> All right. Cool, man. Hey, like I said, uh, I want to reiterate to you the the impact that you had uh, coming into Memphis in a, in a weird position and uh, I mean, I tell people this, man. You came in, you stepped up, and you helped. The, you helped us more than you really realize, and uh, I appreciate that, and I and I thank you for it. Uh, you, you've always been a, a a cool guy to me, and and I I hope the best for you and all this stuff you're doing, and um, it's just been a pleasure talking to you, man. Oh, so always a pleasure, and, and you know, you guys helped me. Just as much, trust me. <laughs> so many ways. I, I can't thank you guys enough. No, thank you, man. Um, so, Jimmy, what? Do, uh, let me guess. Let me guess. We got current affairs coming up after the break, right? Actually, no. And what? I, it's ask Wolfie D anything. Yeah, Again? we're on a streak. Yes, I know. I, they want to ask you questions, bro. Oh, That's God. all I can say. So, DJ, hit the music. Right, we are back with a little bit of Ask Wolfie D anything, and today I think we've got some good ones. You know, there there's some well represented ones. Now, the first two actually came from our YouTube page, Wolfie D. So if you all haven't gone to our YouTube page, it's YouTube.com/slash at Live Wolfie D. Just like all the other socials, you go on there, and we're starting to put more stuff. We're doing more clips. We're doing reels, shorts, all that good stuff. We're putting some of the old shows up. We're, we're really we quit saying we because I, I got to put you over here, man. You do it all, you know that, man. I tell everybody, and and, and honestly, um, in the past couple of days, I've had more than one person contact me saying, "Hey, man, how do how do you do this? And you know, how do you do that? Not not just uh, Jamie and his guy, but uh, some other people, man." And I'm like, "Listen." I don't do anything but talk and book guests. That's about all I do. <laughs> so if you got questions about all that, I'm your, I'm not your guy. It's Jimmy. Jimmy does everything. He works hard. 
Thank you, man. Well, you had the 30 year career. And so we'll, we'll give you some, you know, props on that for sure. <laughs> I mean, with that, like, anyway, it ain't the livening color with Jimmy street because the listenership would drop immensely. So uh, I, I don't know. Immensely. They like you, Jimmy. They like hey, you. And they well, what you're doing. I like I like them too, and I like you, and I like this first question here because I've never heard this one before in my life, and I thought I'd heard them all. all this right. one is Bill Xmas on YouTube. All right. all right, so wish someone would ask about PG thirteen shooting on the gangsters and stretch them into learning to work. He doesn't recall if D'Lo was still with Jerome and Mustafa. Wait, what's this all about, man? I have no clue. I have no clue. That's uh, not a thing. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> okay. Never did that. Never stretched uh, them. Not to my recollection. Um, we were cool with them. So I don't know when or where that would have happened, but I don't, I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. Uh, and, and Mr. Christmas, I mean, I'd, I'd like to know where have you got that information, not calling you a liar, but I am asking, where did you, where did you hear that at? Because I really, I don't think that's a thing. Okay. Okay. Because I mean, you would know, right? <laughs> yeah. And New Jack would stab you. So I mean, it's like, yeah. I was, you know, when stop is a big dude, man. I mean, yeah. On. Seriously, I was writing that down, and I was like, stretch them into learning to work. Oh my god. Because <laughs> this is New Jack. This is. <laughs> I mean, this is not. These are not cream puffs. You know no. what I mean? No. No. No, who are not scared to go uh, like outside the wrestling business lines at all. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, they might shoot in the in the working sense too. So anyway, <laughs> anyway. So long story short, Bill. Sorry, man. Hey, whoever told you that's not correct. But this is where we clear stuff up too. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. and that's fine. I, I just, I mean, I swear. You know, I forget stuff, but I feel like I'd remember that. Yeah, you're not forgetting stretching the gangsters. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That is curiously, where did he hear that? Anyway, yeah. all right. Well, sorry, Bill. Next guy is Brando Lee from YouTube. Once again, another YouTube listener. Thank you so much. Do you remember from maybe 1997-ish, you versus Flash Flanagan at IWA in Lexington, about 80 to 100 people were there. You pile drive Flash through two stacked tables in the ring. Do you remember that? Who in Lexington? That's what it's saying. Tennessee or Kentucky? Well, this was this would be for IWA Mid South, I would assume. That would be in stuff, right? Yeah, always in Louisville. I don't know so. if I ever worked for him in Lexington. Um, and I, I'm sure me and Flash have done something like that again. I've, I I just saw a match recently that somebody posted on, um, which was social incredible. Media. It, it was me and uh, me and Flash against the Dudleys, and I have no recollection of that match, but it was good and. I don't know why I don't remember it, but just, uh, man, I swear it's crazy. You know, I've said it before. I mean, just when you've had so many matches, when you wrestle almost every day of the week for that many years and uh, all these different places and stuff, some of it just goes by the wayside, man. I don't know how much is that is contributed to, you know, just getting older or just it was another day at the office or you yeah. know, I don't know, or or just being hit in the head, or who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, I apologize well, again. I hate it when I don't know the answer. I, but I, I mean, I, I am sure I've pile driven 
a flash through two tables somewhere somehow. <laughs> I mean, I'm, that probably happened. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds correct. I mean, the the one about the gangsters and stretching them that that is not a possibility. Yeah, but. Yeah, the flash going through two stack tables with a pile driver, which yeah. you said you never really liked your pile driver. But, no, but doing it through a table is a little different too. Yeah, doing it through a table and doing it to flash is different. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> according to him, I didn't take care of him at all ever. I just yeah. dropped him on his head all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one thing I was just going to, while we're talking about Flash, we should bring Flash on and do a watch along of that Dudley's match. That would be fun, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the, the Flash show got a lot of great response, man. And, and I think that would be a good idea to get a little watch along going. Maybe For those sure. will start to be YouTube exclusive. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I like all this. But anyway, so the next question, good old faithful listener, Bob Daniels on oh, Facebook. Bob. Yeah, old Bob. Now, Bob's always thinking outside of the box here. And by the box, I I do mean the cereal box. So he asks a question of if you only had one brand of cereal to eat Hmm. for the rest of your Wolfie D life, what (laughs) would it be? Okay. Well, I'm going to say this because I've always, even as a kid, just been a cereal eater. And nowadays, um, due to some of my health issues, I've kind of changed up what I will eat and how much of it I eat because I love some cereal, man. Yeah. Back in the day, it was Captain Crunch, Crunch Berries, and I would eat every piece of the little yellow parts out of it and then Just, save all the Crunch Berries for last. Oh, dude. So that, that was that's, like a thing. And then yeah. I also love Fruity Pebbles. Yeah. But nowadays, I really like uh, these... Uh, Honey bunches of oats with almond or or something like that. I like a lot of those. I used to love raisin bran. I'm sorry, Bob, but there's just so many different cereals. If I had to eat one, I mean, at this point in my life, it might have to be one of honey bunches of oats or something to make me feel a little better about what I'm eating. But uh, yeah, man, it was always for me. It was Captain Crunch, Crunch Berries, and um, um, and, and Fruity Pebbles. Yeah. And I'll tell you a funny cereal story. I don't know that it's funny. It's almost sad in a way, but it just shows you how <laughs> I grew up. We were actually talking about this at the signing. Was Somebody asked Jamie about the hood and all that kind of stuff. And Jamie's like, no. He said, I grew up in Hendersonville. Wolfie's the only one from the fucking hood. He lived in Antioch. <laughs> 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 Which has so much truth to it, man. But yeah. uh, we lived Look, in an apartment complex that, I mean, it wasn't at the time, it wasn't like run down. We, we were not... We were not poor, but we, we, I'm, my parents struggled a little bit, you know, sure. and they took care sure. of me, but the apartments that we lived in, we had roaches, man. We did. And, yeah. uh, yeah. it Which wasn't, we were unclean. It's just when you right. live in an apartment and you got people all connected to your walls, kind of that shit can happen, obviously. And, uh, man, I liked honeycombs a lot. I really liked honeycombs and I went to eat my honeycombs one morning and I, got the spoon up to my mouth and thank God I looked, man, but there was a big dead roach and one of, one of the, one of the honeycomb circles there in my, in my spoon. And I never ate honeycombs again. So, <laughs> oh, bro. 
<laughs> you roach bastards. You killed honeycombs. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm sorry, bro. I know how you feel, though. I've lived in an apartment before. You yeah. cannot control what your stinking, nasty, loud neighbors do. Yeah. And and you're right. I mean, it's just like, I remember complaining and being like, the, the people were like, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. yeah, you know, screw you. And, I, and I'll tell you another funny roach story is I, I grew up with a guy named Terry Hudson. Was He was a standout uh, football player again at Overton and a very good friend of mine, man. We, we, we were good friends for a long time and yeah. I went and spent the night with him and he lived, he lived over in the Wedgwood area of Nashville. And for whatever reason, we're going over to this kid's house and the, the kid's name is Poo Poo. That's what they called him. They called him <laughs> and I'll never forget Terry Hudson telling me as we were knocking on the door, he said, Hold your breath," he said. He said these roaches are on dune buggies in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I got to remember that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, poor poo poo on that one. Dude. Yeah, poor poo poo man. Seriously, <laughs> somebody help poo poo out. Hopefully, they got that figured out eventually. And yeah. hey, let me throw mine in while we're at it. If right. I only had one brand of cereal to eat for the rest of my life, what would it be? You know what I would say is I think I think actually I would go with Frosted Flakes. I know that's really? boring and easy, but yeah. Yeah, great. I mean, dude, it's they're just kind of they're you can count on them. Are they a ten? No, it, you know I love sometimes you know like right now I'm big into the Eggo waffle. Oh cereal. my god, oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Waffle Crisp uh, was was the thing, and then now Eggo's back out, and yeah, when they canceled because they canceled Waffle Crisp for a minute, I, know. I was heartbroken. Yeah, and yes, that is man, I forgot about that one. That's a hell of a cereal right there. Even though you smell like maple syrup for the rest of the day, I don't care how many times you brush your teeth or take a shower. <laughs> it's it's could be worse, man. You could be like oh, a poo poo, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's but, a one. yeah. You know, I tell you what, some cereal company needs to promote us. They need to sponsor us, man. <laughs> so we'll get into that another time. But anyway, thank you, Bob, for that question. You know, it's always good to have a good one from Bob. You know. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, that's it for Ask Wolfie D anything. That's yeah, it. Yeah, man, that's it. I told you it was going to be easy, brother. So, yeah. Usually, usually I'm, I'm like, thank God this is over. But I was actually waiting for another good question. But that's Well, do you want to do another one? Uh, do you have another one? I do. I've got another one. Okay, so you were just going to say... Fuck whoever wrote this. Wolfie, don't feel like doing this. I mean, what was going on there? I saved them. I've got pages, <laughs> man. I got pages. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you another one, man. All right. I like it. I save them because where we've been doing current affairs instead, now we're doing this. It's like, I don't want to do yeah. all of them. All right, cool. So the next one is from another great listener on Facebook, Keenan Brown. Keenan asks yeah. this question. He says, Wolfie D, who was the first celeb, wrestling or non, that got you starstruck? Mm. Um, let me think. Like, I guess meeting them personally is what he means. Yeah, yeah. Some of this, hang on. Um, I'll say, I'll say honestly, man. Uh, just because of a timeline and when it was, because I didn't meet the Road Warriors till later, and you know my whole Randy Savage, all that stuff, and Mr. Perfect. I mean, uh, getting to meet Randy and talk to him was awesome. Uh, yeah, getting to get having a compliment thrown at me 
from Mr. Perfect when he didn't know me from Adam and I was 19 years old was, was awesome. And that was, it gives me uh, a couple of those moments do give me cold chills when I think about them. Uh, totally. Cool. And then also the time uh, when my friend Ben Dixon, Nashville, Tennessee, Lone Wolf Tattoo, mm-hmm. um, when he introduced me to Ace Frehley, because, I mean, that was, Kiss was my thing um, before wrestling. So yeah, yeah, that that was pretty cool, too. Um, but yeah, wow. I'd say, I'd say, you know, uh, those three were pretty, pretty darn cool, man. Yeah. And just like all of our listeners, he asked, who was Jimmy's? And so <laughs> my very first starstruck that I totally remember was meeting the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, I, was, yeah. I was a little kid and I brought enough money for the matches and and to get an autograph. And yeah. that was meeting them. And I thought they were the coolest dudes on the planet. Yeah. So, yeah. so my my next step after that was the one that essentially made me so starstruck that I didn't think I could even talk, and that was Johnny Cash. So, oh wow, I got to meet him. He was much older. He had just gotten out of Vanderbilt. He wasn't doing well. I met him at the old job that I had at the Great Escape. He yeah. was he was this little old man. He didn't look like Johnny Cash at all. But I just yeah yeah you know, and the owner was always like. You know, leave the celebrities alone. Yeah. But I said, screw that. <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to get to meet this guy ever again, probably. And I went up to him and I just told him, you know, how awesome he was and how much his music meant to me. And I even named my son Cash because of Johnny Cash. Yeah. And it was just cool, man. And so, yeah, that was mine. But That's I know cool. how you feel when you met Ace Freely because Johnny is almost as important to me as yeah. Ace is as you. Yeah, Dude, yeah. that. That had to be intense, man. Oh, it was it was cool. I mean, he wasn't super chatty or anything like that, and I don't know that I expected him to be, but you know what I'm saying? It was just like it was a cool moment. And and it's funny you said Ricky because then that brings up something of mine that was actually before all that when I was a little kid, and uh, I told this story on here. I think when we had Ricky, I might have told it before, but for, you know, we're so many episodes in now, it's like, Okay, I can probably say this one again. A lot of people ain't heard it. It was that when I was, oh, man, I, I probably had to be 10-ish, something like that. Yeah. And maybe even, maybe, yeah, probably, I'd say probably around 10. But Ricky was hanging out at uh, the apartments that had the roaches in it that I lived right. in. He was hanging out with somebody he knew there. And me and my buddies were down there. We had this one little area uh, where everybody played football and baseball and stuff like that. It was a big grassy area. And, yeah. uh, I looked over and I saw uh, blonde hair. You can't mistake it. And I'm like, that's Ricky Morton. That's Ricky Morton. <laughs> Holy shit. Went over and talked to him. Ricky flexed at me. And we, we all know how big Ricky is, but at my age, when I seen him flex, he had a little knot pop up there. I was like, Holy shit. You know, and I ran up, I told my mom and my stepdad, they didn't believe me. <laughs> They didn't believe it was Ricky Morton. They like didn't go down to investigate or nothing, but right. they thought it was full of shit. But uh, it was definitely Ricky, and me and Ricky talked about it years later, and he told me exactly who's you know visiting or whatever. Yeah, he even brought it up on the show. That was cool. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you this: Do you know about what year that would have been? Maybe just a rough estimate. 
Okay, if I was 10 and I was born in 1973, uh, so 83-ish. Okay, so Memphis, almost Mid-South. Yeah, man, dude, that's that awesome. That seems about right to me. Yeah, that's very cool. So it's kind of the early Ricky as far as it goes when it comes to the rock and well, roll, I, but I, he had been know, wrestling for a while, you know. I do yeah. know for sure that, uh, like, it was when they first came to Memphis or whatever. I, oh. I, do, I do remember that. It's like they okay. were just doing their Memphis thing, and that's why I knew who it was, you know. Now, was, was was Ricky legit from Nashville? He always claimed that. But was yeah, he, Ricky's from Antioch, uh, unless, I've, unless I've just been bamboozled my whole life. Yeah, Ricky's from the same place I am, Antioch. Okay. <laughs> Ricky's from the hood. Anybody that's from Antioch will say, I'm from L.A., lower Antioch. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Because Antioch's got, it's crazy because it's part of Davidson, part of Williamson, and it's like right on that line, and you've got some nice houses, and you got the hood, and I mean, yeah, nothing wrong with south, that. South Antioch's, you know, or would it be east? I guess it's south Antioch would be the worst. But Yeah. And it's, I was just there, um, you know, yesterday, uh, I, I took my girl when we came home, we, we, we didn't go up 65. We went up 31 from Pulaski yeah. all the way into Nashville. So I, I wanted to show her like Spring Hill and Franklin and, and cool Springs and all that, you know, the country music people on hell. Mick Foley lives in that area now. I, oh, I, wow. I, I didn't know Jared, that. Jared's funeral when yeah. I talked to him. And, uh, so yeah, we had, uh, we had a good little day doing that and yeah. That's uh, where Ricky's from. Yeah, old Nashville. It's changed a lot, man. Everything I went through, it was kind of nostalgic for me, too, because I was seeing so much different stuff. It was like, yeah. wow. And I've yeah. only been gone from Nashville for 10 years. Right. So it was like, dang. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> man. Yeah, everything changes, though, brother. But, you know, you speak of the Jerry Jarrett funeral. We'll, we'll be having a tribute show coming up, and we'll talk all about your experience at his funeral. Not only that, but we'll be talking his interactions with you and kind of yeah. covering that. And we've actually got some actually awesome interview footage that we're going to do, similar to our Joe Cephas episode. If you heard that one, yeah. it'll be kind of like a listen and respond kind of deal. And, you know, it's going to be fun, man. But that'll be yeah. our Jerry Jarrett tribute show. Up next, we've got randy hogan coming up yeah yeah oh randy hogan now oh, not the hogan. not the macho warrior rick hogan this is <laughs> randy hogan so yes yes it'll be fun man i'm excited yes me too and i think he is as well so yeah he's a good dude so well uh, wolfie d that's all i got brother i swear i'm out of questions now so. out of questions all right yeah Damn yeah me. Uh, for some reason, I don't believe that. Don't call me back in five minutes. Ask me another one either. <laughs> I'm just, buddy, I love you to death. Hey, uh, uh, everybody, again, you know, I always say it, thank you for tuning in. If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't keep doing this. So uh, keep uh, interacting with us because that helps us more than anything is your interaction with us because me and Jimmy can call each other on the phone and talk shit every day. But right. let us know what kind of shit you want us to talk about. We'll do that for you. So uh, for Jimmy across the street. It's Wolfie D, and I'm tired. I'm so tired. I'm going to go to bed. Uh, I'm a 40-miler. It's Jimmy across the street and live in color with the 40-miler Wolfie D. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. Ladies 
and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, They can find me on Facebook. Uh, My personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving it, color from Russia, mother. Utilize a hubcap, I like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G, plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Late low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks from over and forth later. Not here to play games, so 
and I can't be stopped. You simply step to the side unless you want to get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up, then I'm driving it home. It's Ruby D, baby. Huh, I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.